Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm going to be natural. I am Dr. Dozier, and I am going to be super. Yeah. And I am Dr. O, and I'm going to be the junkie. He's Dr. Dennis, and he is a junkie. I am Dr. Kevin, and we are the, the Supernatural Junkies. Well done. Well done, boys. Hey folks, this is Dr. Kevin Cruz giving you another pump because guess what? The Supernatural Junkies are on Rumble. All you have to do is go to Rumble, go to search, and when you search for channels, you look for Supernatural Junkies and all of our stuff is going to start popping up. It's great because you're going to be able to see the links. You'll get to see exactly why we are saying what we're saying. But most importantly, this is a great way to share with your family and your friends exactly what why we are living in prophetic times and why we cannot hello everyone welcome to supernatural junkies we have a jam-packed episode to lay to, to lay today and today. yeah today it's what, french did, for today did Alex just stumble in the first sentence i did but you know what we're not i could edit it out that but has I'm not never gonna, happened I'm not gonna. That's all right. That means it's going to be a good episode. Yeah, I covered it. I said out, lay See? out. See? Thank you. Thank you from the weightlifting champion here. Yeah, here. Weightlifting champion. That's, That's right. The one and only. The pompatorium king. Right. Dr. Thomas Dozier. Dr. Dennis is in the house. My sweetheart's in the house. And We're here all I am. here. We're all here. <laughs> well, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed. We had L.A. Marzulli on our last podcast. And go back and listen yeah, to that. So because, you know, we have, you know, waded into some of the narratives talking about how the Bible in particular talks about. Wait, we're talking about the Bible on this podcast? Well, we've talked about some giants. <laughs> Wait, and when do we start doing some, that? Some beings that had strange, you know, <laughs> characteristics compared to other human beings that would make them, you know, sound like a human hybrid. So he has some of the best evidence of that. And so if you get a chance, go back and listen to that. But we've been talking, of course, the world is now all of a sudden looking at Israel once again. And so we've been trying to show you how your Bible, your Bible is so important to understand what's happening in the world today. You really can't understand it because you just think this is crazy what's happening in the Middle it's East. Crazy talk. But, you know, as you learned last time, it's really getting down to what happened with Abraham and his children. And so that's really important as we move forward. And of course, last time we talked about, in particular, the situation with Abraham and Sarah, how they were told that they were going to have this child and they were really old. And Sarah laughed. I mean, <laughs> that, that, how do you laugh at an angel, right? Well, she did it. And of course, then they doubted. They went through this doubting process because it didn't happen right away. And so, you know, Sarah convinced uh, Abraham to um, take her maidservant, if it will. And what was her name again, baby? Hagar. Mm. Hagar. Oops, I'm not baby, though. <laughs> you are today. Well, he did today. 
my goodness. Harrison out of turn. Get you in trouble. <laughs> so anyways, Hagar, of course, uh, kind of had a whole personality change afterwards. And uh, she was going to run away. But God told her to go back. And and then when, when she had the child, his name was Ishmael. And then later on, he would be end up being sent away. And so you can imagine, I'm sure he wasn't sent away empty-handed. We know that. But at the same time... It was, it was the fact that they compromised on what God said. And so you can see that a lot of what's happening in the world today is really still going back to this family feud between, you know, basically, you know, the children of Abraham. And so here we have the first one was, of course, between Isaac and Ishmael. And so we detailed that in, in kind of pretty good fashion on the last show. So I wanted to pick up from there because guess what, folks? This is not the only group of people, and this is what Alex will get into a little bit today. But when we think about Bible prophecy, you know, we have to remember that the Bible was written and really lived primarily in the Middle East. And that's why it does tend to revolve around Abraham and his children. Now, of course, the Bible is also, we talk about Zechariah, second chapter, 11th verse, <clears throat> that many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and they shall become my people, and I will dwell in their midst. So what God started with his people, Israel, he is clearly going to take around the globe. And so, but we still have to remember that it had to start somewhere. You know, when you, you do a drawing, you got to put your pen down somewhere too, see? So you start to see how all this is, is kind of connected. So if we think back Bible prophecy while, we see what happened to Israel in 70 AD, that it was destroyed. And then we have this, this period of grace that we're living where the gospel was really preached around the world. And then in, in Luke 21, Jesus was, was with his disciples telling them what was going to happen to Jerusalem, what was going to happen to, to generations of Israelites because of, of rejecting him. And, uh, but he said that Jerusalem would be trodden down until the times of the Gentiles was fulfilled. And, of course, that happened in 1967 when, when Israel not just became a nation, but they took possession of Jerusalem. So that's a very tangible point. And so this is the second regathering. So most people, when you think about Israel, they've gone through a couple of captivities. Most people know that they have been arguably the most persecuted country and people group in the world. And a lot of it is because of what we outlined, that God, you know, again, gave them this covenant, this birthright. This is how God was going to bless the world. So that first, you know, captivity was thought to mostly happen when Babylon uh, took them in. And of course, that's when we get a lot of the stories from Daniel. And then, of course, when Cyrus took over from, from Babylon, uh, he's the one that allowed them to go back into their land. And um, so this is in Isaiah 11, 11 through 12. And it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and Hathros, and from Cush, and from Elam, and in Shinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea, in every island. And he shall set up an insignia for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So this is very important that your Bible teaches a second regathering. And that's what we've really seen happen here in the world today. So that's tying in 
to the direct events that we've seen happen. Um, there's another passage here, and of course this is part where Jesus was, was speaking to this as well, and that's Luke 21 that we've already talked about. The other passage here is in Isaiah 66, 8 through 13, and it specifically says, and this is, most people have heard this verse, it says, who hath heard of such a thing? Who hath seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Now, Zion is, is, a, is a term that's very closely associated with, with Israel and that land. Okay, And Zionism really specifically that mount. And again, it says, Rejoice with Jerusalem. And it says, this is in the 12th verse. It says, For thus saith the Lord, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. So here you have this, this connection of the Gentiles' glory. Now, what could be the glory of the Gentiles? <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> the fact that Jesus... So you see here, we're talking about that God has shared his glory with the entire world through the salvation that we extend through Jesus Christ. And now the glories of the Gentiles has actually come back to Jerusalem. And so that's why the whole city is in 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 really um, rejoicing, right? So that's kind of a couple passages so you can see that what's happening in the world today is clearly connected to, to Bible prophecy, okay? Um, anybody want to comment on that? Because I want to go back, <clears throat> if I will, and uh, it's good. Just going back to the captivities. And the reason I'm going back to this is because we have to understand there are 12 tribes, okay? Now, there was a split of the nation under Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And Rehoboam would have Judah, okay? Uh, and you had 10 tribes that went to the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom became Israel, the southern kingdom, Judah. There were actually two. The first captivity was the northern kingdom going into the Assyrian captivity. And then following a little over a century later, the southern kingdom, Judah, went into the Babylonian captivity. Uh, Judah was later, after 70 years, they owed God 70 years of Sabbath. Uh, after 70 years, they were, an, a remnant was returned. After they sought God with their heart, he says, when you seek him with your whole heart, then I'll return you from your captivity. And from that time, there's been, even before that, there's been a, con there's been a constant uh, enmity against the people of God. And going back to what Dr. Cruz said, in, in 1948 and then in 19, you know, we don't have 1967, but in 1948, a great number of the people came back, and this is how you, you'll eventually get to a remnant being saved from all of the tribes. But when you had your initial return, it was those of Judah, and I believe it was a portion of uh, Benjamin, was it? A portion of Benjamin that were returned. Just wanted to mention that. So, question, they returned from captivity, and a remnant started the nation again, Correct. No, they continued. Uh, they continued well, God's. They, in, they continued God's plan. Right, it was right. important. It was important for Judah uh, 
to continue on because Jesus would come right. He's the line of through that through that tribe. You already had the development of of the people of the nation. It was just scattered because of their sins. Right. Okay. It was scattered because of their sins, mm -hmm. and eventually, as uh, Dr. Cruz pointed out, there's going to be uh, a gathering, and we've seen a, a great portion of that from 1948. Again, 1948, we've seen a great portion of that uh, regathering uh, in that land. And that fight has continued without without jumping. I, I don't want to jump too far if I might, uh, Dr. Cruz. But if we go back to uh, Genesis 3, uh, verse 15, right after the fall, mm -hmm. when God gave that prophecy. And by the way, the first prophecy that God ever gives, he speaks it to the serpent. Mm -hmm. He tells the serpent what he's going to do. Sure. He says, to his I'm, going, face. <laughs> I'm going to place enmity, enmity between your seed and the seed of the woman. And so that speaks of hatred and hostility. And, and Dr. Cruz says something that's so on point. Uh, all people have gone through something, but I don't believe there's any people on the earth who's gone through as much as the Israelites have gone through. That's true. As much persecution as they have gone through. Because mm -hmm. God spoke that. And for anybody to deny that, then you're saying what God said is, is not so. There's been constant hatred and hostility with those people uh, from... You're saying you're talking about the recent nation mm -hmm. or you're talking about the I'm Old speaking Testament I'm speaking nation. of the I'm speaking of the people of Israel mm -hmm. uh, I'm speaking of the, the the people that God initially chose there's been constant hostility you can go through mm -hmm. if you if you really study history you can go through it mm -hmm. um, I, I know we, we're probably going to mention something about Psalm 83 today so I don't want to get ahead of myself but there's something I want to I would like to bring up before we even get there okay right Right, I guess my question was... In, in that I mean, day, once we get there, I'm sorry, excuse me. Following the Babylonian captivity and Israel goes back into the, into the land and they become a nation again, right? Well, you have to remember when they go back to the land, uh, there are three prophecies that were written after they mm -hmm. went back to the land. There was uh, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Mm -hmm. And... They were there was a time if it, it, well and also the things that took place during uh, Nehemiah and Ezra and that was one book of Ezra Nehemiah uh, those things were really after they returned to the land mm -hmm. and the people were in danger of falling right back into what got them in captivity mm -hmm. from the beginning mm -hmm. okay now. When you go through the intertestamental period, people call it the silent years. That's being a little simple. It's the intertestamental because it wasn't silent. A lot of things were taking place. Mm -hmm. You know, you had Alexander the Great come in. You had Alexander the Great die. You had his kingdom divided. Mm -hmm. And four of his generals taking his kingdom. And uh, then you, you have the things with Antiochus, Epiphanes, and so forth and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the Maccabean dynasty and the Maccabean revolt. Mm -hmm. All of these things. And then some of the things that you now see in the Apocrypha, mm -hmm. okay? Well, some of those first things. First and things, second Maccabees. Mm, yeah, some of those things you see. But during, eventually, the Romans came in, the, I would call that the ancient world power mm -hmm. that, that yeah. we can kind of like juxtapose ourselves with. The Romans came in, and when they supposedly established stability, they stayed there. Mm -hmm. Now, 
You mean they occupied it? They space. occupied <laughs> it. Thank you. I use some yeah, simple yeah. terminology. They yeah. occupied it. Now, mm-hmm. you had, Dr. Cruz mentioned that, you had the first Judeo-Roman War around 66 to 70 A.D., uh, then you had a second one, and then you had the third one from about 32 to 35, 36 A.D., uh, Simon Bar their leader. Uh, and I'm going here for this. Why is he giving all of this? The Jews were, the, pla- the name of the place was changed. Even the name of Jerusalem was changed. The name of Judah was, uh, uh, Judah was changed. And that was about 138? Well, 135 or so A.D. Mm-hmm. under Hadrian. Mm-hmm. And... The, a lot of the people were mm-hmm. exported, if we might okay. say. Mm-hmm. So no, they didn't really hold it at that time. Right. And so those are the things that you have to really look deep into, even when you look at, at Bible prophecy, because they have what is called telescoping, where things will happen, mm-hmm. and then you have peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. and, and we can be quick to say, this is the fulfillment of this, when there's more to come. Mm-hmm. But you're just seeing this this continuation of a prophetic where, like I was spent mentioning something to Dr. Dennis, and Dr. Dennis got to hit me with that one real well. Like, well, anyway, let's just say something's going to happen with you. What did what did you say that that way of looking at Bible prophecy was? Telescoping. 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 Okay. Yeah. Let's just say, like, I'll go to Dr. Cruz. Let's say that, say Dr. Cruz is going to uh, set up 50 podcasts around the world. Or he's going to set up, pod, he's going to, you're going to have, let's say you're going to have five podcasts going on, five different podcasts going on. And Dr. Cruz may think that he's got five, uh, let's say he's got five of uh, Supernatural Junkies, five Supernatural Junkies, Supernatural Junkie one, Supernatural Junkie two, something like that. And so it looked like that's it. But then down the road, we find out that they're not just five podcasts, Supernatural Junkie, one, two, three, four, five, which we have more than that already. But he ends up having uh, five different podcasts around the world, and all of them were not Supernatural Junkies. He had five podcasts. He thought that was it, but it was really five podcasts. different ones around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was with this one university, and uh, I won't mention his name. If I did, it would be really good, but um, he was doing uh, a lot of extension campuses. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh, God told him that the school was going to grow to 50, and the school was kind of small, mm-hmm. 50. And he was thinking 50 people. Mm. He ended up with 50 schools around the world. Mm-hmm. And so you reached that 50 and then some where you were just from starting, you reached it and then some, I believe I got this right. That's why they mentioned that you reached this and then some from where you were, you're thinking that that was a film, fulfillment of what was told to you, right. but it was 50 different right. places. Mm-hmm. First, you had 37 schools in the United States of America, satellite schools, and then you ended up with schools in Moscow, Dubai, yes, Dubai, and all these different places, Germany, all these different places, right. and so with 50 schools. So you can see something happening. There may be a war. You have this war, and you see people 
of that are mentioned in the Bible in it, and then people say, well, that's it, that's it, that's it. Right. But then further down the line, further down the road, it might be centuries later, the same people, but it could be the fulfillment of it. Mm-hmm. Right. It, so, prophecy so, can be fulfilled partially in one aspect and then be fulfilled. Partial fulfillment. A partial yeah. fulfillment and then a larger fulfillment mm-hmm. later. So it's, this would be a good point to remember today that when we get into you know Bible prophecy, it's there's always in speculation involved, and so just remember that in a general way we're all in agreement about you know the gist of things, but we all do also see things a little differently about how that's going to happen. And the truth is, you know, it's like Jesus said, we're supposed to keep reading our Bibles, right? When you see these things happening, right? then you what? You stand up to it. So we read our Bibles, we get some thoughts, we think maybe this is what's going to happen, but the truth is we're not using this to predict the future. We're using this so that when things start to happen, we see clearly about what we're supposed to be doing as Christians in the world. Does that make sense? So my point with how we started today is that when you look at, again, keeping in mind this this two-kingdom idea that the two tribes, which was Judah, which is where we get the word Judeans, which is where we get the word Jews, right? This comes from this this second idea that they were going to be a second regathering, and that comes out in Isaiah, who was primarily a prophet to those particular the two tribes. And then we see the big one here is that Jesus clearly teaches. He is clearly teaching in Luke twenty one, and really the whole you know all of it discourse that you know that generation that rejected him was going to be you know taken away that they were clearly going to be dispersed throughout the world, but that one day they would take back Jerusalem. So it is very important for us to realize that the Bible clearly predicted a second dispersion of those two tribes, right? And that this is coming from Isaiah and it's directly coming from Jesus. And so the fact that we've seen this happen is very, very important. This is the super sign of the times that we live. And so now, as we we kind of see all the way this is working, I want you to think about more, why is Israel? Because the central point to me is the passage where Zechariah talks about um, how Jerusalem will be a, a cup of trembling for the whole world. Why does the whole world care about this little, small country over there? And so as I, I think through that, um, you know, and then we... we there's a couple of passages that even talk about this blindness that comes upon them that that later will be, you know, that blindness will be taken away and that they'll be able to see who their true Messiah really was. So that being said, when we think about this brief history, we talk about how, you know, Isaac, right, and Ishmael um, created a huge rift in history, this this family feud. And unfortunately, you know, that's not the end of it. So as Alex was researching this week, you can see that's actually a lot more of Abraham's children involved. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Wake up, Alex. Oh, I just woke her yeah. back up. Um, Wake up. Agree? Sorry. No, I was just reading my notes. That's all. <laughs> Do you want me to start with Ishmael being the son of Hagar? Okay, sure. We'll talk about Jacob and Esau. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so we know that their daddy, right, Abram, I think like this is a lesson too. And when you don't properly father children, look what it started. Right? Well, I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, this okay. is Jerry Springer right here. In the oh, Bible. totally. Wow. Yeah. It, it gets crazy. 
Okay, so Jacob and, for those of you that don't know, I think most of you listening probably do know, they were twins, right? And Jacob means um, heel grabber, heel holder, or otherwise known as the usurper, right? And uh, so he was, as they came out, they said that's what he was doing. He was holding he, on to the heel of his brother Esau. But because he was second. Right, right, second place, right? Nobody wants to be first loser. <laughs> I, I said nothing. Is she pointing to something? I didn't say anything. I said nothing. We couldn't just go to. He didn't have the birthright. We had to go to something else. <laughs> yeah, right. We we probably could have. She but keeps on bringing up that bench press meeting. <laughs> talking about here. So <laughs> poor Tozer. We're just giving him the hardest time today. Like as soon as he walked in this morning. I'll be back. Right. He was. He's gonna win it all. My bench was tops though. <laughs> That's right. How much did you bench? How was that? Less than normal. <laughs> That's still a lot. <laughs> He's not gonna say. All right. I think it was like two thirty or something like that. <laughs> oh, you tried to use psychology to get me to say it was somewhere in the threes, <laughs> which it was, and it worked. Dennis is very manipulative. I saw. What's going on here, guys? I saw. I just have to say, a little one Irish thing. in him just. Blue and red. <laughs> I just say one thing and interrupt Alex here. You're good, you're good. You always have the big microphone, but now you really I know I bought this new <laughs> Nerf bought this for Nerf Alex. Phone. So oh, she's man. actually yeah. reading her part in our new book coming out. Awesome. So. Matches the size of his head though, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, it does, uh, just, no, like literally. I didn't mean just, it that way. I can hide behind this thing. Paint the goatee on there. <laughs> I may do that. Some, get some uh, goat fur <laughs> and just paste it on there. <laughs> kind of like Jacob did right. Esau. All right, we really we right, broke your rhythm. Go ahead. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> what happened to these two dudes? <laughs> so, you know, right. <laughs> Let's see. Other twins, but Esau came out first, so he was the oldest. Um, and Esau means Harry. We already went over that. What strange way to name your kid, but okay. Um, Jacob would become the father of Israel after God changed his name. Now, the, now, the problem with this, though, is that the older, right, is supposed to get everything. All right. And... Uh, double, this, por double portion. Right. This contradicts the way that this is done. And the reason that Esau inherited what he did is because he schemed, right, with his mother against his father. You to, mean Jake, Jacob scheme? Yeah, sorry, Jake Jacob scheme. scheme to, I'm yeah. sorry, Jacob scheme to get the birthright from Esau. Um, put the old goat fur on because the one brother was hairy and the one wasn't, right? Because the one was always outside like a wild man. Well, Esau didn't really want it either, you know, and then there's the whole situation where he, he sold it too. Right, right. Right, for yeah, food. For, for a bowl of pottage. Right. Yep. For a good soup. meal. Pro it was probably stew. It wasn't soup. Got to be stew. Got to really? You can't sell it for soup, but maybe stew. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> but that's what happened, right? Because his brother was hungry, so. So how did he deceive him, though? This is, this is what's amazing. Put some fur on. He did. Yes. Yeah, Esau was hairy. <laughs> and his father... His father was older, right? So his sight was in serious decline, right. right? And he couldn't he couldn't oh, see. Hi, so, son. Right? So he he put some fake fur on himself and when his dad is like, "Who is that?" And he's like, "Ah, check me out, man. Feel me. Which one am I?" It's like, "Wow. You're the hairy kid. You're the hairy son I know." He was he was really hairy if he <laughs> seriously sheepskin on to make him feel that way, you know. <laughs> and brought him his favorite food. That's right. Right. Yeah. And he heard the Lord's voice. 
And <laughs> so, but that we've talked about this before that the Bible stories on yep. M- MP3, right? Yep. has a great well, it Great does. telling and, of that story. The reality is, is it was complete deception. So much so, and remember, he's he's the hunter, you right? Don't, you don't mess with this guy, you know, and that's why his mom made him flee back to. He was the outdoorsy guy. He, he had to go back yeah. to her brother. I guess that's Laban, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, and then we have that whole debacle, and then he finally comes home, and you know, we remember when he wrestles with the angel. You know why he was up there praying alone from everybody? Because the next day he was going to meet his brother. And his brother was coming out with this huge army. <laughs> That's why he was up there praying, <laughs> right? So uh, of course they ended up hugging each other and so, so out, forth. Man. But um, you know, I think I think that uh, Jacob wanted to send a message that he wasn't coming back to get anything. You know, you can see again that was a spiritual blessing that he was really seeking from his father. But, you know, he was so profitable there um, with Laban that he came back with probably more than, than, than Esau had to begin with. So, and I think that that really helped. But you can see that piece that was made there. But, again, their descendants went, went on to, to pick that up, right? And some think about now, what, what, about, um, what about Moab? Well, go back, the, just the, to go back to what you were talking about, Esau, in, there's, Paul talks about that in Romans 9. And he says, and he says, um, not only this, but when Rebecca had also conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not being born, having having done any good or evil, that perp- that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls, it was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. It is yep. written that Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. Not hatred as we think a hatred, but in the fact that God chose God. Yep. God is the one. And so we, we were talking about her, the deception. Mm-hmm. But God really, the reason why she was so motivated was because God told her. Well, Can we back up to that portion? Because this is a portion that we just cannot leave out if we go to him wrestling. Uh, wrestling uh, with, or wrestling? Wrestling. Wrestling. Got his, got his we go him, if we go back to him wrestling with the angel, we can't we can't we can't leave that part out. Because in that section, he is asked, and it turns out it's you know, God taking on the form of, you know, you got you have a theophany or Christophany at that particular time because he couldn't see God as he wasn't lived. And so he asks him, What is his name? Shame, your Hebrew word for name. And we know your name. When just like if I if I mention Dr. Kevin, okay, there's a certain there's a certain mindset that I get with this Dr. Kevin. There could be another Ke- Dr. Kevin, and we don't really have a great relationship. So I would get another mindset with that person. So the name depicts your character and all. And so he says, my name is Jacob or Jacob, and we go heel snatcher, supplanter, and then <laughs> it's like he's told not anymore. Your name shall be Israel. Your name shall be Israel. For, you know, he's wrestled with God and he's prevailed. And that name Israel means to have power with God or to prevail with God. And now when you, as you, he met, when he met with Esau and then there's the embrace. One thing that I believe that there's a possibility that we miss is that God intervened in that. Mm-hmm. God intervened in that. God, God's power his power does not always come out in a militaristic type way. 
mm-hmm. uh, as far as with humans are concerned. But God's power moved on behalf of Israel. And I'm saying that to say that we've seen the same thing happen today for people who don't think that miracles take place. 1967, there was a miracle. Yes. We see mm-hmm. the power of God prevailing. Uh, their name means something. It really, really means something. I, I just wanted to bring that out because the name that he had before, it had he stayed that way, uh, and God knew this because when we say his purposes, uh, what he had intended from the beginning before, uh, he knew the condition uh, that Jacob had to have right. in order for his plan to continue. Yep. And so in, in he even knew it could not be under that name and that character. So I'm changing everything. That's mm-hmm. right. And that's why when they prayed, they didn't pray in the in, in the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They would say Abraham, Isaac, and, and Israel. See, so there is this this changing of the guard, if you will, that there's a new change, a new identity, right? And so that's what God has for all of us, by the way. But it also tells you that He was in control, and Dennis is bringing that out that God played a part in this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and why, when, and why, and where, and all that happened. You could see some of it was probably not His perfect will, but some of it, you know, was probably more, you know, like I said, Abraham didn't have to well, take, I, you know, you know, uh, um, you know, in, in, in any other concubines. We're going to find out about another one, aren't we, Alex? Well, I think the reason why you said God, God had a, a, a purpose here was goes back to what you were saying in Genesis three fifteen, when where the prophecy was given, the seed had to come, so God kept his his purpose throughout the line. Right. You know, was it the um, the scarlet letter, the, the scarlet thread throughout the Old Testament, right? Scarlet right. cord, yep. cord, thread, cord, Red cord, right? thread, whatever, right? whichever, whichever. <laughs> not whatever, but, but, whichever. But the purpose being is that he had, and that's why the genealogies are there in, in Matthew and Luke, is to show where Jesus came from, and and that he is from the tribe of Judah, and that and and that's talked about elsewhere in the New Testament, so. Well, and it, it does say in Genesis, and it, this is what he, of course, told Sarah. Um, not, I'm sorry, Sarah, Rebecca. Uh, but the Lord said to her, two nations are in your body. Two tribes are now inside you, will be separated. One nation will be stronger than the other, and the older son will serve the younger one. So can you imagine if you're the descendants of Esau and you have this book around that tells you that you're the weaker one? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a little trash talk, right? So you can start to see where some of the things that God are telling are saying what it is going to happen, some people are not going to go along with that, right? And so you start to see how these jealousies have created over time. And that's really not the end of it. You know, unfortunately, it's not just, you know, the seed of Ishmael. It's not just the seed of, of, of course, Esau. We have other seed. Well, I want to go back a little bit before we start that. I Two things. I want the anointing on a name. I think that's a really good point. And this is just to point out things that are also happening today, that the names are important, right? The name, especially the name that God gave you, that's important. But when we talk about people that are Satanists, there's always a renaming. I don't mm. know. You guys, well, we'll talk about this when we get. That. Yes, they always, that's why um, Beyonce, Sasha Fierce, right? When she goes into this character that she says something takes over her body. There's like, there's this thing that happens. Satan always has to rename Right. People have to take on a new mm. name. Artists, when they get, sell their soul, they give them a new name. Right. That's mm. their, you know, maybe it's more popular, more likable or catchy, whatever it is. But I just want to point that out. That was wow. really interesting. Mm. Um, but because everything is the inverse, it's the constant taking the thing that the Lord does. And we have to, you know, they have to not we, but they have to somehow pervert that. And the way that they do that is they take away that name that you were given. Mm. So 
that's just interesting. But I, we did sort of skim past this part. Um, and this is this is a really good one. Now, the brothers, they, you know, obviously they ended up getting along, right, at some point. Um, but Jacob was in such anguish over this meeting, we're just going back a little bit, that the night that he wrestled or wrestled with an angel. Wrestled? <laughs> yeah. And it says, like, this could be this, you know, that you see why so many of Abraham's children hate Israel, right? The ancient hatred explains the world that we live in today. It is possible that Esau slash the Edomites, and Edom means red, might have representations in the Palestinians to this day. So there is also that connection with the Syrians, okay? I didn't, I don't want to skip past that point because I felt like that was important. Mm -hmm. But there are other children in this, right? More unfathered babies. I mean, they were obviously a dad involved, but not much more. So Genesis 25, one through six gives us more information. Abram took another wife and her name was Keturah. And she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, and Midian. What? Medan. Medan. Hi, nice to meet you. Me, Alex. That's my husband. He, Kevin. There's he, Dozier. Dozier. Me, Dennis. Dozier, sorry. He, Dozier. He, Dennis. Nice to meet you, me, Dan. And Midian, sorry. Ishbak and Shua. And Jokshan begat Sheba. Wow, we're doing the whole thing. And Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashuram and let shroom, let, what is it? Somebody help me here. Keep going. And let shrim and <laughs> lumim. I don't know. Yeah, Dr. Doe, you're just letting me struggle here. He's like, you got me. I'm I'm just being quiet. Yes. This, I'm, I'm just, this is your test time. The sons of Midian. <laughs> Ephah. He's not don't making don't I know. I, I heard it. Don't I heard let it. her drown. I'm, I'm going on. <laughs> go, Alex. Ephah, Ephah, Hanak, and uh, Ab Abida, Abida, and Elida. All these were children of Keturah, and Abram gave them all that he had unto Isaac, but unto the sons of the concubines, which Abram had. Abram gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son while he yet lived eastward and onto the east country. Um, so it says that uh, this is probably also represented probably in um, Saudi Arabia, right? Technically, it lies to the east of um. Amman, which is modern Jordan in Saudi Arabia Peninsula. Yep. So, I mean, this this whole thing, right, started, like you can see the all the contention that's happening, but it started way back then. This is not new. Yeah, you look at, right? you look at when God says something, and it takes us right back to Genesis 3.15. He says it, and then we see it begin to take place. And all of those things that you see, you're seeing the shaping up of what has been pronounced in Genesis 3.15. Even in our day, you're seeing people who are not in that area, who are not in the Middle East. They're deciding to make decisions. I believe they may think they're making them against uh, Israel, but they're making them against God. They're making them against God because of what God has laid out. Okay. And so that's what we're seeing. I believe that's what we're seeing today pretty much around the world. Mm -hmm. We're seeing we're seeing events of Genesis three fifteen. 
take place around the world. The hotbed is the Middle East. Mm -hmm. and, and that's that's what people have to realize, that that's the Middle East. I mean, uh, the hotbed is in the Middle East. That is where Jesus was born. That is where Jesus was crucified. That is where Jesus uh, ascended from. And that's now, where he's coming back. And that's where he's coming back. <clears throat> so it's also important to remember here that if you look east of, of Jordan here, all those countries, we also have Moab and Ammon, right? And so both of those two people groups are the children of Lot. And, of course, that's the two different groups, again, that Lot didn't really have any boys, and that's where his daughters seduced him, etc. See what happens when you don't parent your babies right. Oh well, and goodness. each one of them were were really the the – that's how those two countries came from. So when you start to see all these countries that are surrounding Israel, you realize that there's a little story – in your Bible that tells you who these people groups or at least who they have been. And it's, certain, it's easy to see at this point why, you know, again, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're talking about this spiritual seed, but also the scepter of, of Israel, right? And that's the kinghood. And we only know there's only one king, right? Mm -hmm. That's ultimately going to be Jesus. And so that's what this was about. Right. And so you could see that there's jealousy. These birthrights were a big deal. If you go back to Genesis 27, just read from 28 all the way to 40, you read those blessings, one that was given to the one, the birthright, and then the other one that was given to Esau. I'm sorry, that second one wasn't very good compared to the first one. And so you start to see where all these jealousies can start to develop and again, a pretty good reason why some of these other groups of people had to create their own God. That even happened to the ten tribes because they didn't want, you know, some of those people going back to Jerusalem, right, and, and worshiping at the temple. Jeroboam instituted all this, this, these false gods with the, with the ten tribes. So this was a way you could see why all these people groups were immediately headed away from Yahweh, the one and only true God, and how that Jesus Christ was the way to bring all of that back. But that area has always, I, how, when and how long have they known peace, right? I remember uh, doing journalism studies on Middle Eastern stuff, and we're talking in the 80s. There was a lot of problematic things happening there. It has been a land that has always been hotly contested. There's always been problems um, that have gone on there. How long have they known peace, really? Well, they're area. not going to know. We're not going to know peace until Jesus comes. Yeah, they're well. They're back. But you know, you can largely say and that America's not had that sort of um, that that sort of warring history, right? Not that we haven't had wars, but that's a land that's always having issues. Now we've talked about Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine, and how there's this prophetic war happening, and we see this alliance between Israel. I'm sorry, with Israel um, and going against possibly Russia from the north, and then this conglomerate of, of Arab world. But a lot of the countries that surround Israel are actually not really described very well, which you're like, wait a minute, if we ha we see, you know, Gog and Magog, which is more Russia, and joining with, you know, again, a lot of the Arab world, especially around Turkey and Iran, um, joining to go against Israel, why wouldn't... <sighs> Well, why wouldn't some of those countries that are surrounding Israel be involved? And so there's another passage in Psalms 83. Dennis, you ready to read that? But it talks about, it's a, it's a curious passage, and we're going to spend about 20 minutes talking about that. 
and and maybe have to bring it into the next show. But it's another passage about you know something that seems to be happening again with the, with Israel and the country and the countries that are directly surrounding Israel. Well, yes, it's a prayer, actually, a song or a psalm of Asaph. Is that how you say his name? Yep. He says, he starts off, Do not keep silent, O God. Do not mm. hold your peace. And do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult. And those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you, the tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Jabal, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia with its inhabitants of Tyre. Excuse me if I... Tyre. Tyre, okay. Assyria also joined with them, and they have helped the children of Lot. Deal with them as with Midian, as with Caesarea, as with Jabon at the brook of Kishon, who perished at Endor, who became a refuge on the earth. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb. Yes, all their princes like Zeba and Zamuna. Zalmuna, who said, let us take let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for possession. Oh, my God, make them like the whirling dust, like the chaff before the wind. As the fire burns the woods, as the flame sets the mountains on fire, so pursue them with your tempest and frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish that they may know that you, whose name alone is the Lord, are the most high over the earth. Very interesting in that that he starts asking God, petitioning God to intervene, but then he asks him to show himself to them, that they may know that he is Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, let me give you just a couple backdrops, and I'm going to drop this on Dr. Dozier, so I'm giving you about one minute. Uh-oh. <laughs> drop it like oh, it's hot. Oh. This is 3,000 years old, this psalm. Okay? And again, it's very difficult, as you're going to see when we discuss this, to nail everything and everyone down in here. You know, there's two ways to look at that, meaning that you can look at the people that live there that may have moved on and then try and track them since then, or you can look at it more as a locale. So there's multiple ways of looking at this, and that's why it's going to take a lot of, you know, speculation. Okay, so we, we have to remember that's why we're going to see a lot of different uh, perspective on this. But we also have the fact that it was written by Asaph and uh, not David. But again, he was the song leader for David. He's considered to be a, uh, a prophet and a seer. And of course, you know, it, it is emphasizing something prophetic. And again, you can see this passage does address some of the nations that are clearly surrounding Israel. And in a general consensus, a lot of Bible prophecy people would say that this doesn't appear to have happened. And so that's probably the best way I can give you a general framework for how people look at this passage. Dr. Dozier? number of things that you can look at here instead of just nailing it down to one particular time period. 
we can look at the Northern Kingdom when they went into the Syrian captivity. Uh, one of the things that took place is there was a displacement. Uh, the people of the land were being taken out, and the king of Assyria were bringing in, was bringing in people from different nations to inhabit Samaria, which was the capital of Israel, people from different nations. And in those, those people came in, began to bring in false gods and worship their gods, and we know that God brought about a judgment. I know, then the king asked, concerning the people came from the land to bring in the priests from that land to teach them their religion. And it says that then the people began to fear God and worship idols. But the thing is, there was a displacement. You were looking to bring others in. Then we can go to uh, the uh, post-exilic period when Silas, Cyrus, should I say, uh, whom God anointed to uh, bring Judah back to their land, some people remained uh, in uh, the the land in which they were taken captive. captive, And there, there was a man by the name of Haman, and you all know the story, I have to go through all of that, but Haman wanted to exterminate the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And so you had an uprising there. We, we look at God raising up Hadassah or Esther, and we see the uprising there that was permitted, and it was thwarted, and Haman was taken out. And you can go all, you can go throughout, 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 you can come all the way up to, the 20th century, and then today. There's always been time periods when individuals have tried to make Israel no longer a people. That first portion of that particular prof- prophecy, what you see is uh, uh, speaking of, when it speaks of uh, of the nation, go in your Hebrew word, it's speaking of the people themselves. First, they want to destroy the people. Then they want to take the land. They want to exterminate the people. Then they want to take That's the right. land. It's and a that land has been war. a continual thing. And it says that it's it's God's God's land. See, that's the whole point, you know. And certainly, God allowed um, in seventy A.D. You know, Jesus said it was going to happen, so He allowed that to happen. But at the same time, it's His land. And if He if He again brings them out of blindness and brings them back into the land, and He said it would happen, then it's God that's doing this. And so, even though we don't absolve Israel from the crimes of war. We also recognize their their right to exist, and that this seems to be God that's called them back, you know. But it's hard to miss. And, and again, I go back to what I said that trying to find these people groups is hard. But what you can see obviously is that these are the people that are surrounding ancient Israel, and that means geographically we'd be talking about the same people groups today, right? But specifically, Philistia is mentioned there, right? And then you start to look at some of the other ones here, uh, Gabal which is, of course, related to Hezbollah. You know, so again, there's some debate about some of these people, and so that's why we're not going to go through all those names. Um, and, and see, you also should have noticed that the, the Midianites popped up in there. There's all kinds of tents of Edom, and again, that's also the, the tent people be also be Palestinians possibly as well. So there's a lot of things going on here, and uh, so that's why there's a lot of debate. There's not a lot of clear, obvious... Um, things, but you can see there seems to be some kind of confederacy that surrounds Israel. And there's no doubt, if you think about this, did this some of this happen in 1967? Because that did happen. There was a confederacy that did form and 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 happen in, in 67. I do believe part of it did happen at that time. Yep. I do believe it. I, well, one, can I, can one, I just can, can uh, I quickly say this about mm-hmm. Israel? Because this is uh I want to be careful not to uh, insult Israeli people, and I don't. I don't mean being politically correct. I mean being biblically correct. Uh, all of Israel is not blinded. 
Okay, when you look in Romans 11, you will see there is a portion that does believe. Now, that word blindness, it speaks of hardness of heart, heart of understanding. Uh, you still have a group of people who are waiting for a Messiah, and they believe that Jesus was an imposter. Okay, and this is this is the blindness here. Mm -hmm. They're not seeing the scripture as they should. As I said before, I believe it was Dr. Zola Levitt, who, who is also Jewish, who made a statement. He made a statement. He said, the Christian and the Jewish people have the same problem. Now they know the Bible. And if so he's saying if they knew, they would know that Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, they would know that, that Jesus is the Messiah instead of waiting for a Messiah to come. So that blindness speaks of, of not having an understanding, being hardness of heart, being hard of heart. And we will pray about that before we close out today. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully we will pray about that before we close out today. But I just wanted to state that. So Bill Salas is one of the guys who first made this idea popular. One of the biggest criticisms, he does flip back and forth between the people groups, tracking the people groups versus staying focused on the locale. So then you're kind of mixing and matching a little bit. Another criticism was that the Hagarenes, um, you know, he, he, he translates that to be Egyptian. But the truth is, is that Hagar was Egyptian. She was not the founder or the mother, the matriarch of, of, of the Egyptians. So that's clearly a little bit of an overstep. So, but again, none of us get it all right. And we are, we are speculating here, but the point is we do see the nations gathering around Israel that very well could form a confederacy. Dr. Dennis, I know you got a chance to read some of the articles. None of us get it all right, but we could be careful not to intentionally get it wrong. That's true. Yeah. And well, that's a good point. And I think, you said it well, Doctor. You said, but it is speculating because is. we we you, like you always say that Bible prophecy is not there to for, to predict our future, but it's there to tell us that God knows the future and that and we can see in hindsight when it's fulfilled. It's like wow, he he did predict this, just like with the with the birth of Christ that there have been so many prophecies that he fulfilled that it's that it was almost impossible that that he wasn't the Messiah. All right. So there was one article. The one article you you had sent us was going off of some of the stuff Bill Salas said, and um, then there was the other article I sent you guys yesterday from um, Amir Tasfari, who is also big into Bible prophecy. And then he said he has been contacted recently with uh, if Israel's current perilous situation could bring about the fulfillment of Psalm eighty three. And he says no, and the reason why he said Psalm 83, he feels, was fulfilled 75 years ago with the 1948 war. Hmm. He felt that um, the nations have come against, and they didn't want that to happen, but it was Harry Truman that made it happen You know, when he voted to have Israel uh, as a nation, right? So, you know, again, this is all looking at taking pieces of the puzzle and trying to put them together and sometimes they do fit and sometimes they don't but he did bring up something something good at the end of his of his article and he said finally if we look at the number of the specific nations mentioned we see they just don't fit the pattern of psalm 83 scenario jordan and egypt are mentioned in the prophecy using their biblical names currently they both have peace treaties with israel lebanon and syria are also mentioned yet today they are so dysfunctional that they are barely existing as sovereign independent countries. 
In contrast to others, Yemen isn't mentioned at all in the prophecy, yet we still find it as part of the proxies that are threatening Israel. Psalm 83 is a gathering of the nations against Israel. What we see today is just one nation gathering its many militias against the country. So what is happening today, if, if anything, rather than uh, an already fulfilled Psalm 83 being played out, I see a buildup of Ezekiel 38. It says alliances are being made and weapons are being distributed in preparation for Russia, Iran, Turkey, and others to finally trigger their attack. Am I saying this is the Ezekiel 38 war? No. Could it be related to it? I believe it is likely. Well, and that's a good point. And the other part is, is that, you know, this clearly is not mentioned in Psalms, but the, is the coalition of Aram, which is, of course, where the capital of Damascus is, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we, we talk about this leveling of Damascus that could be happening at some mm-hmm. point as well. So there's a lot of things going on here, but the reason I felt it was okay to address this is several things. Number one is you can see that we don't know that these are locales. They could be people groups, right? But it seems like no matter how you look at this, these are people that are surrounding Israel. There's a coalition in mind, and they seem to be absent in the Ezekiel 38-39 war. And so I think it's it's something that to, to, to be talked about. And again, we see this idea of a coalition, again, forming to take down Israel. And what happens, if you read that, is it seems like Israel might win. It seems like it clearly wins this war, which would mean that Israel actually expands its territories and actually could go into a relatively peaceful time because it has taken over some of these areas. So we could actually see an expansion of Israel. And that could be a pretty big thing that if Israel all of a sudden went to war against these countries and actually won, and took them over, then you could see the world might say, wait a minute, maybe we would see something larger happen after that. And so this is a possibility for something that could happen in the world, and uh, which is why I like to talk about these kinds of things. Again, um, Joel Richardson you know, does a great job as well talking about how some of the logic doesn't hold up, how some of switching the, the, the way you're finding these people, or you're going with people groups, or you're going with a locale, and um, but again, it really gets down to, you know, that we do see again, uh, telescopically, that yes. we could be seeing again another fulfillment. We can see multiple times where certain prophecies have happened, and so once again, it only takes a minute for the Middle East to polarize and uh, peace treaties to evaporate, and uh, you never know what's going to be the thing that, that causes that to happen. So another way that the Bible is clearly addressing what's happening in the world. Dr. Dozier? Two things with that. If, if Israel does win and they take more territory, then we're looking at a lot more time in the earth, plain and simply put. Yep. Because that is, not, <clears throat> that is not what we see in the Word of God, in the fulfillment of things. In the fulfillment of things, Israel is really going to be taken over. Okay, and Antichrist is going to... Uh, set his throne up in Jerusalem. And this is when God is really going to pour out a tremendous wrath on the earth. The second, uh, well, that was the first one. Uh, that was enough right there. Okay, really, that was, really, that was enough. So if, there, if it is, we've had, we have an extended time. Uh, if not, 
I more so look at the area, even though people can be from different areas, uh, they would come to those areas to fight with their nation, just as the uh, Jewish people who live in America will go and become a part of the IDF whenever mm -hmm. there are certain situations. And to look at it, this is why, I had to bring this, this is why when people write these things, they have to make sure that they're theologically sound. And you have to look at the whole picture because there's a drying up of the Euphrates, which is dried up pretty much now, a good portion of it. And they're going to come up against Jerusalem from these nations, mm -hmm. okay? They're gonna come up from these particular nations and it brings that out. And when you look at that word nation, once again, you have to look at a people. Their territories, but you look at nations, Goe, uh, 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 Ethnos, when you look at it, and it usually speaks of the people, the tribe, the people. Uh, that are that inhabit that area in our modern day society we have people we have a lot of cosmopolitan places people live all over the place but in those days it wasn't necessarily like that in most cities and in most nations so uh i believe as we look at this thing and from looking at it from a biblical perspective and where things are going to take place if the people are uh, if they are the sinners of those particular nations, they would go to those nations to fight with them. But everything is going to converge on Israel in the end. That's what we're looking well, at. We, we know well, when we know that's where Christ comes back too. Yeah, right? yeah and that's when Christ comes back. Yeah. Um, I do. There's a reason to 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 bring that home with that. The reason why some people might be listening to this today and say, "Why are you guys always doing this? Why are you guys always looking at? Oh my gosh, this could be the you know what's happening." Well, there's a reason for that because Paul talked about it in First Thessalonians chapter five. He said, "Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need that anything be written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, now he's talking to to believers, but you are not in the darkness." brothers for that day for that day to surprise you like a feast in other words we're looking we're That's like right. the we're like the, the the five virgins that got their lamps trimmed right you're looking you're keeping on we're always to be looking for the lord to come back for you are the children of the light and children of the day we are not of the night and of the darkness so let so then let us not sleep as others do but let us keep awake and be sober mm -hmm. beautiful so one last reason why um, some people tie into this is because it could be that Israel is a situation where if it does expand, you look at portions of what are said in Ezekiel 38 and 39, like they're dwelling in the center of the land, okay, that they're dwelling safely, right, that they're this wealthiest nation, okay. You start to look at some of these ideas and you just don't see some of that fitting Israel the way it is today. So again, that's yeah, why I wouldn't people say they're dwelling safely. No, and, 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 and missiles coming and, over the walls and, and stuff. And they've never mm -hmm. been a land of unwalled villages. So this coalition idea of ten different groups coming together. But here's the real caveat: we haven't really mentioned this verse in Amos, where it says, "I will put you in the land, and you will never be uprooted again." That's what the Bible says. That there's something about Zion. This is where Jesus is coming back. This goes back to the ancient covenants, the way that God set up everything in the world today. And it's important for you to understand why Zion is important, why Israel is important, because God has said these things. 
And there's no doubt that, as Dennis has said many times, that Jesus is the spiritual seed. This all goes back to Genesis. It's why Dr. Dozier keeps going back there. It's why, you know, uh, the scepter, right, w was Christ that was going to be passed. So that that is how the whole world would be blessed, is through Jesus Christ, who would inherit all of the nations. And that's what Psalm says. So this is the God that we know and love. These are the, the birthing signs that we see happening in the world today. And it's why we need to be reading our Bibles. And that's what we did today. We read our Bibles and we talked about what was happening. And, you know, and again, it's what? Exactly what you said. Turn your light back on. Amen. Put some oil in there. Mm -hmm. Be ready. Mm -hmm. Do not be caught off guard because the times we're living in are prophetic. And that this is the, the message that we want to send today. So God bless every one of you. And I know Dr. Dozier wants to pray us out if any asks words. Father, we bless you. We thank you. and We honor you. And uh, first I pray for uh, the people, the Gentile people that, Lord, all will come to know you and the pardon of their sin that I will give ear to your word. And, 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 and as they give ear to your word and they come to understand what your word is saying, Lord, concerning your salvation, that you, Lord, would draw them. Jesus, you said no man can come to you unless your father draws them. And I, I lift up the Jewish people. I pray that you would just remove their blindness and that they come to understand. I know the day will come when that will happen, that they will come to understand that the Messiah has already come. There's no need to wait for another Messiah. The second coming, yes, but the true Messiah, uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus to Christ has already come. And I pray, Lord, that many eyes are open to your salvation. And we do thank you for giving us this opportunity uh, to be on the air. I pray, Lord, that even as uh, Dr. Dennis uh, brought out the scripture uh, concerning us uh, being aware and uh, being in the light and that we're not in darkness, I, I pray, God, that people will prepare themselves for your coming and and even though you give us much joy and you give us an opportunity to have much happiness, let us not disdain uh, hearing the perilous times that your word predicts will come. But let us be mindful to listen to these things and prepare ourselves, Lord. We are in a warfare. The word tells us that we're in a warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So warfare is not a fun thing. So I pray that your people will not be turned off, but that they will be tuned in when these things are discussed. And we do thank you and give you honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, God bless you guys. Hey folks, it's Dr. Dennis from Supernatural Junkies. I just want to talk to you today about Protanum. I've been taking Protanum for a few years, and you know what? I feel a difference. I am younger than my age. At least I think I am. Anyway, Protanum is a strong antioxidant producer in your body because what it does, it causes your body to increase its glutathione production. And glutathione, folks, is the strongest antioxidant your body has. So if you want to keep strong antioxidants in your body and be a healthier you, I suggest you use ProTandem.